The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We are joined by Finnegal Senator Regina Doherty, and the big issue, of course, of the uh, weekend is that of immigration and the sort of the reaction to uh, the migrant crisis, the lack of capacity to house all of the people who are coming in, and uh, a lot of analysis and discussion about who is coming in. And we were speaking earlier on to uh, Alva Smith and she was talking about the kind of rhetoric that is emerging now from government and that rather than fixing a very broken system, there is a hard line, heartless rhetoric emerging uh, in relation to immigrants to this country. Um, I'm joined by Regina Doherty, Finnegale Senator. Uh, Regina, good morning. Morning, morning, Anton. How are you? Very good. What's your reaction to uh, what Alva Smith was saying earlier on and what she's quoted in the papers talking about as the, the rhetoric from government and from, particularly from the Taoiseach being unhelpful? I don't, um, I don't think the, the line that she's given out this morning, um, and I, I totally accept her bona fides. I wouldn't have an issue um, with why and how she feels it, but I don't think that that's the reality. Um, I think the Taoiseach uh, expressing one line either yesterday or the day before at the European Council meeting, acknowledging that there are some frailties in the immigration system and they need to be fixed, doesn't in any way take away from the enormous welcome that Irish people and the state has tried to give those people fleeing either the language war like fair, firm and hard doesn't sound like a welcome. Well, no, I think the actions sound like the welcome. So when you look at the amount of people that we welcomed into Ireland last year um, and provided services for, albeit not absolutely, you know, state-of-the-art top whistle services, um, because we do have an accommodation crisis and we are now struggling, uh, and that's an honest, you know, uh, acceptance of it. We are struggling to find accommodation for people. We're not closing borders. We're not suggesting that, you know, Ireland is full like other people are. We're absolutely saying we have not only a human obligation, but an international legal obligation to look after people fleeing persecution or war. That doesn't change. But we do have to acknowledge and address that there are some frailties in our systems. There are, you know, um, some indications that people are coming here because they're being told that it's easier to get asylum here than it is, or it's easier to get work here, or it's easier to get accommodation here. Now, that's not true, first of all, and there's no asylum seeker that's, you know, being put before anybody else in the country with regard to services. We're trying to provide, you know, from a European perspective, uh, equal playing fields to all of our European citizens. But do you believe that we now have a significant problem with people who are, who are economic migrants masquerading as asylum seekers? I think there is some elements to that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's not, I don't think that's anecdotal. I, I heard on your own uh, radio programme last week or the week before uh, with another presenter, um, Barry interviewing people who are coming here from uh, seeking asylum and in their own words saying that it's easier here than it is in other countries. Now, we shouldn't be making it difficult for you know, asylum seekers or people seeking refuge to come to any country in the world. We all have an international and a human obligation to look after people who are less well off or less fortunate than ourselves. But we certainly shouldn't be making or being allowed to be taken advantage of because of the frailties in our system. So I absolutely yeah, This was a report, this was a fairly detailed report done by Barry White on the, uh, our chief reporter yeah. on the Pat Kenny show where he spoke to people and one of the things that emerged on that was people saying that they had travelled, they had taken flights to Belfast to travel south because they knew that if the UK was tightening things up and was limiting access to the EU and was limiting rights to refugees or to um, economic migrants as was the case in this um, situation, that Ireland was, and I'm paraphrasing, a soft touch. Yeah. So, okay. I don't think anybody is making these stories up, but it's a very, very small percentage of the thousands of people that are looking for refuge. So the vast majority of people that are coming here in the last year and this year will be from Ukraine. But there are other areas in the world, 
you know, we've seen in our newspapers in the last week, um, not just the awful tragedy of the earthquake in Syria, but the civil war that's raging there for 13, 14 years. We have Afghanistan with the Taliban. We have the Horn of Africa dying because they don't have... There are reasons why people need to leave their country. Uh, and we need to be open and welcome to helping those people in every way that we can. But we also shouldn't let people take advantage of us. And that, to my mind, is the reason for my press release, because there are Irish people taking advantage of the situation to spread lies, disinformation and really awful, horrible untruths about these people coming to our country uh, and are, are taking advantage of a political situation to stoke up fear. Um, and in the absence of a public campaign by government, that fear is landing. So what are the you untruths know, that are being spread? So even in the last week, and actually I, I read uh, the comments on the News Talk website under Pat Kenny's interview yesterday, and some of it's, it's really difficult to read because it is so untrue. One in the last week, uh, the prostitution ring that we apparently have running out of a hotel in Bray. Um, the fact that we have 180,000 people are going to be welcomed to Ireland this year is nowhere close to the reality of what actually, of the people who are arriving. We have people chanting, burn them out, um, about women and children who are literally flying or fleeing from countries where they're, you know, escaping from bombs and the massive death and destruction. Like, that's not, that's not the Ireland that I know. And these people are blaming the new uh, refugees that are coming into the country for the fact that they can't get a house. No refugee is being housed, you know, in a three-bedroom semi-D before any Irish person who's been waiting on a list have. Even on the comments yesterday on Newstalk, I heard two people calling for our work visa program to be stopped because we're bringing in, you know, uh, people from Japan or from China or from America. Like, the reason we have a work visa program is because we can't fill the job vacancies in Ireland with Irish people. So, therefore, we have to fill the skills gaps with people who have those skills from other countries. And if we didn't have that, then we wouldn't have a lot of the services that we have, you know, where either Irish people but don't does that mean then, Regina, them, can't do, do you believe that yeah. there is any legitimacy in any of the concerns that are being voiced? Because we do have people who are saying, I, we don't know who these people are, where they have come from, yet they are now around our community. You have concerns being raised about uh, a lot of particularly young men arriving into um, established communities. You have um, texts like this one saying things like, you certainly won't get into the US or Australia without paper. They will arrest you and put you back in a plane. When we immigrated, we didn't get any free housing or 250 euro social welfare a week. So there is an, a, a sense that the system so, is porous and being defeated. That's all false. No, it's not false. But what in the absence of the information of what really is on offer, then people are believing the TikToks or the, you know, the videos that we all get you know, from each other uh, on WhatsApp. So to my mind, what I'm looking for is a national public information campaign to, number one, explain the reality of what our asylum system, our international protection service actually offers, how fast it turns around people, how slow it turns around people because of the legal process. I think all that needs to be explained to people. And it isn't as simple as somebody arriving here and, you know, coming down the steps of the plane and being arrested by GNIB because they haven't got papers, because there are real reasons why people don't have papers. Now, there are... You know, there are dubious reasons also why people don't have papers, but I think we need to explain the difference and the different approach by the Irish system. But can but I, I say to you, Regina, really that if to... that's the case, if you're saying that what is required is a, an information campaign around the current system, that would seem to suggest that the system is sound, it's just that people don't understand it. Is that, is that your contention? No. No, not necessarily, because the system has changed in the last couple of months. And so Simon Harris has introduced a new system whereby if somebody arrives, 
you know, during the international protection system without papers. They're given an interview the day they step off the plane. They're given an interview date, uh, and that will happen within two weeks. Their decision as to whether they can stay or not stay happens within three months. Now, we have deportations since last October restarted again. All of those things ceased between COVID. We have people now not only being checked when they get off the planes, but we have our international um, immigration police now going to countries where we know people are being uh, trafficked by people who are making money off that. All of that is an attempt to try and prevent people arriving here without the documentation that makes it incredibly difficult for us to be able to turn them around if they don't have the status. How do you send somebody back to a country of origin if you don't know what their country is, number one? How do you send them back if they don't have papers? Without giving them papers, then that gives them a status. All of that does need to be you know, changed and corrected. But the vast majority of people who are coming here are genuinely real refugees looking for solace and for help. And I think we need to differentiate and stop tiring all of the people by the very small brush of some of the people who take advantage. Humans take advantage in very small numbers. Okay, well, uh, on that topic... Whether they're from any country, you know. On that topic of, of uh, people being tarred, there's a, a quote in, uh, in the, uh, I think it's the, the Irish Times today, Harry McGee, their political correspondent, writing, and he has a line where he says, while the anti-immigrant and xenophobic movement in Ireland is still peripheral, that movement is no longer irrelevant in the political context. Is that a view that you would share? Do you think that that far right and xenophobic movement is gaining purchase? I think I think they are, and I think they're gaining purchase with perfectly normal, reasonable people who in circumstances where they had information would be entirely different and welcoming. But in the absence of information, they're believing the disinformation that we see um, on our screens and every one of us has social media access. So I think we need to take responsibility as a government to provide the information so that reasonable, intelligent, you know, heartfelt people can make their decisions. But in the absence of that, those very hardline um, agenda-driven campaigns are landing. And that's not their fault. They have an agenda, you know, which I would abhor. But in the absence of actually tackling that and giving actual factual information to people to make their own decisions, that agenda is landing in the norm. So we need to stop calling everybody who is expressing concerns far right, as we have been doing, unfortunately, for the last couple of months, because they're not all far right. The people that are contacting me and my colleagues are people in our constituencies. They're normal, hard work and taxpaying people who are just seeing day in, day out, TikToks that are slanted and moulded to make you believe something. And in the absence of us, the government telling them and giving them real information that's different to that, that's Although, what we're are there legitimate in. concerns under that? I mean, the text literally, as you're speaking, has arrived in saying, we are planning on spending one billion on refugees this year. While we have a national debt of 250 billion, we cannot afford these illegal migrants. Can we please start policing our borders and restrict entry to genuine refugees? So that's exactly what I'm saying is, is that the vast majority of people who are coming here are legal. They are seeking refuge and, you know, fleeing from somewhere that's far, far more dangerous than Ireland or any of the other countries that they're coming to. The vast majority of people that are coming here seeking refuge are. What we're allowing happen is that Ireland's view is being tainted of all of our refugees because a small number of people are taking advantage of some of the weaknesses in our system. So we need to strengthen those weaknesses to make sure that you can take advantage of them, or even if you still can, that we turn you around and, you know, and send you back. If you really are an economic migrant, just coming here looking for work. We've plenty of work, but do it through the normal visa process. You know, have the skills that we need in this country and come through the normal visa process. 40,000 visas were issued last year. We do need workers. But don't take advantage of a system that genuinely is being funded through the European Union and our Irish taxpayers, you know, to allow people to have refuge from real 
torment that they're fleeing. One of the so things, this, Regina, that's coming in a lot as a, a question you may be able to shed some light on, though I know it's slightly peripheral to your area, but it's, it's a lot of people asking the simple practicalities of this. How do you get on a plane without papers? Another, how do people get on a flight in a different country without papers or ID? I would genuinely like to know, please. Another, you can't get on a plane in Dublin out of no, Ireland without can't. documentation. How can you get in without documentation? So you can't get on a plane without papers. And that's why we've met, uh, Simon Harris has met with the airlines over the last number of weeks, because everybody gets on the plane with papers. But there are traffickers, and I've only learned this in the last couple of weeks, because the whole migration and the refugee system is genuinely very complex. And most of us don't really understand it or know enough about it. And I think that's why it's important government does that. People get on planes with papers. And so the trafficker is with them on the plane because the documentation that they have are extremely valuable and will be used again when the person gets off the plane without papers, the trafficker then just goes straight through Dublin Airport or whatever other airport they do, gets on a plane to go back to where he or she came from to use those passports again. So the airlines have no, sorry, a really Regina, just so I'm clear, are you saying that that happens in the case of illegal economic migrants and legitimate asylum seekers, that that same pattern can apply regardless of the legitimacy of somebody's claim? So I'll give you an example of somebody fleeing the Taliban. They don't have passports. They don't have papers. So they are using illegal documents to travel uh, and a lot of the time using traffickers and they're paying people to help them get from A to B. So they're using illegal documents, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a genuine reason for fleeing Afghanistan or, or for fleeing Syria. A lot of these countries don't have the systems that we just take for granted, you know, and expect to be able to be available for them. Um, so that's one type. But there are probably other people coming in, you know, who are not necessarily arriving in Ireland because they're fleeing a war it doesn't mean that they don't have another legitimate reason but there is a view that some people are arriving here because they do want to work and we have a visa system so that's the system that they should be using not the refugee system there listen the system is certainly not perfect the stresses that the country is under at the moment is no different to the other European countries that are experiencing similar migration 330,000 people entered the European Union last year seeking refuge we're all under pressure but the vast majority of the reason we're under pressure is because other countries that people are fleeing from are under far, far more pressure than we are. Okay. Um, and we need to have a humane response. But the only way people can make informed decisions is if we inform them. And that's why I'm looking on for Joe or, you know, Minister Joe O'Brien and Radical Gorman and indeed all of the government to issue a campaign of information so that people can be informed right. and make up their own minds. Regina, thank you very much for coming on this morning. That is uh, Fine Gael Senator Regina Doherty. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.